Thank you very much and good afternoon, everyone. Khali um, and I are going to be doing this presentation jointly. Um, so the reason why we started this initiative that we call Not Yet Uhuru is that as many of you know, South African women are under siege. These are just new slippings from various incidents of a lot of things that have happened to uh, women in South Africa, particularly poor black women in South Africa. And while some of these stories have made headlines, many more have not. South Africa has uh, eight times the global average of femicide. One in five women have experienced intimate partner violence. And every 30 seconds, a woman is raped in South Africa. So in 2016, South Africa, uh, I mean, Seoul City revisioned itself into a social justice organization that focuses on young women and girls. As many people know, we have built a household brand in, in South Africa using a combination of media with um, social mobilization and advocacy to address um, a lot of uh, development and health issues in the country and have really built a respected brand, not only in South Africa, but internationally. And for that reason, have basically lent our voice and our brand to try and deal with a number of issues that are facing um, women. Um, we are embarking on a new venture to utilize the growing online radio space to create, monetize, and distribute content focused on issues relating to women, uh, to young women and girls. And we were very fortunate that last year we were part of um, a, a process uh, run by Simulukong, uh, the Gem Lab process, where we were selected to basically think about this idea of a feminist um, radio station. And part of the process saw us partnering with UJFM to have a first feminist radio show, which we called Not Yet Uhuru, as part of their drive time um, a radio show, uh, Monday to Friday, to test um, the concept. And at the end of the Gem Lab, we also uh, were fortunate to get further funding from SAMIP, the South, South Africa Media Innovation Program, where we will work with them to create a podcast channel that will host content created for uh, NYU, which is not yet Uhuru, that will in turn be syndicated to broadcast uh, FM stations, both local and national, and also shared um, online. I'm just going to play you a little clip of what we did. This is one of the episodes on not yet Uhuru for the kinds of conversations that we want to bring to the fore intergenerational uh, uh, conversations, conversations that sex with black Michelle. women are having, also played but you they the, are not you know, the out sweet sounds of Mposibina with a song titled Black Butterfly. It is the UJFM Driver 95.4 and of course for now, it is not yet Uhuru which you know airs from 3 till 4. You can join us on a daily basis as we talk about different issues. Um, you're hanging out with myself, Pumzilangota. And I'm here, Lebo Ramafoko from the Soul City Institute for Social Justice and our sex with me show is all about empowering and educating women about our bodies our sexual health we talk sex relationships intimacy love and pleasure yes and you're also joined by me myself and i and lady chera and we will be your host this afternoon as we talk about the economics of sex right here on ujfm drive now what's the first thing to the author, you cast your mind <laughs> when you think about the economics, or as Auslewa said, the, the politics mm. 
of sex yeah, in yeah, South no. Africa. Yeah, I mean, we, we've just had a very heated discussion yeah. around <laughs> what is <laughs> sex work. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's interesting that we are talking about this because I think when people meet, mm. um, they assume uh, we've got this codes that we have about what does sex mean yes, and yes, these yes. codes are contradictory to each other mm. so we all want to have this image that oh we are all good yes. and we are all having sex mm. for love and intimacy mm. but in fact sex uh, can be used as a transaction Most sex definitely. can be done to just satisfy yes you know what yes, you feel and yes. different people are having different kinds, kinds of, of sex, sex yes. you know so yeah and and social media has made it even worse sex for Money, you, you guys are telling me things I did not Ooh, know. It was oh, too late. It was too late. Uh, we were actually talking about the hashtag that was making waves last <laughs> week. Uh, Stoko and hashtag I am Stoko. Yes. You know, we have two different sides here. Yeah. And I think this is going to be one for the books. Uh, most definitely. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, what Osley was saying to me is that yeah. the word Stoko nah, is, 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 is a word that she wouldn't necessarily nitini. Um, appropriate exactly. for the self, Absolutely. right? Because it's from the male gaze, yeah. for male pleasure, yeah. on on the premise of objectifying women. Absolutely, it's very passive for yes. me. Yes, if yes. If our struggle as women is to own our sex, yes, and have sex for our own pleasure, mm. if you can be sitting there and saying, "I'm going to have sex today because I'm horny and I want to have the sex I want that the sex. I deserve," yes, yes, you cannot yes. call yourself stalker. And then stalker for me is such a passive thing. Yes. Something that Ooh, is like yes. on a shelf yes. that must have somebody yes. who picks it up. Mm -hmm. I don't find that Throws all the words words done. that men use for us to basically shame us yeah. are words that we must appropriate to mm -hmm. basically uh, 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 use for ourselves. Mm -hmm. To that I say no. And also, like it puts the woman as the passive person in in it also goes back to the whole thing at blesser and blesses yes you know because men are being positioned yeah as the doers they yeah. bless yeah. right yeah. and then the woman must receive yeah but in actual fact also giving sex or taking sex is an act yeah it's a doing thing yeah. right so what's what why is it that we center male positionality when it comes to transactional relationships yeah so that is my problem with it mm -hmm. um and 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 I and I also think that uh, 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 for us as women, you know, we should not be reactive in the yes. way that we take power yes. about our sexuality. And and my, yes. I mean, I yes. understood that people were saying, you know, don't moralize this whole thing. Mm -hmm. All of us can be stalker yeah. and all of that. But yes. I think when we start appropriating something that was meant to shame us mm -hmm. in that way, can we come? I think we are much more creative than stalker. We fact. are. We are definitely yeah. much more creative. But I think when I was in the situation last week on Twitter, it was basically about <laughs> taking a collective stance on saying, we are each other as black women because I also saw that it's something that we fail to do a lot. Absolutely. You know, to say, if you're being shamed for being a... Remember the last time after the IC protest, they were calling yeah. us T-girls. Yeah. And then we were like, no, no, every black woman is a T-girl. Yeah. Right? Because they always have to work in submissive positions in the workspace, yeah. in submissive positions in politics. We are yeah. T-girls. And, and I understand that from sentiment. that perspective. No, I understand that's the yes, sentiment. Yes, yes. But for me, the one that I like, mm -hmm. just talk like a yeah, because if you are going to be calling <laughs> another woman stalker, uh -huh. start met Joe Ma. Mm. Stalker Ma.
I come with a disclaimer. <laughs> I don't know what I had eaten or drunk that day. <laughs> but these conversations happen, and young women are having these conversations. And around Women's Day in South Africa, they advertise lipstick for half price and all of that. And for us, it's very important that we create conversations, intergenerational conversations, about issues that young women want to talk about and about things that often young women talk about but they don't see themselves on the, on the stage. Naledi Chirwa is very interesting because um, she's an activist. She's got blue hair. She's very young and she's got a large following. So a lot of times when we did these shows on UJFM, I think it was quite a blessing that we were on, a, on, on campus and they allowed us to, to, to say, start Majuma. Um, but what was very interesting was that we were in a space where young women were having the conversations that, like the one that we had with, with Naledi. And although it was a drive-time show, we, we often get this thing, and I think it's mainly about the fear of women in generally, where you say, well, will people listen? We, we don't know if people are interested in, in, in those things. And I think a lot of ways, decision-makers dumb down audiences and then say it's what audiences want. So while we were on a drive-time slot and we were having these conversations, and we had a whole lot of conversations, people, and 60% of the people who listened to us were male, you know, were very interested in the conversations. And some of the feedback we were having, particularly when we were streaming on um, uh, Facebook, was the fact that they, they were very curious. You know, we, we would, for an example, have sex toys and, uh, and, and sex games that people play in the, in the bedroom. And, and uh, you know, the people who have the sex toys would come and demonstrate. And, and I remember in that episode, it was a, a Facebook uh, a, a live. You know, you could see it on Facebook. And it was one of the episodes that was really fascinating because some people said they liked being is it spanked or smashed but there, there was whipping happening there and that is exactly how naledi was standing you know and, and 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 for us at the time it was to test whether or not the fact whether or not people will listen to something that is overtly feminist and whether or not we can make content that is largely serious very interesting and we hope that, you know, as we go further, we will prove that, you know, audiences are very nuanced and complex, you know, and, 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 and it is our role as content producers to give them content that is nuanced because they are able to think for themselves. And we, we, for us, we want to be very overtly feminist. But over to a younger feminist. Um, so... You may ask why, as for me as a young woman, this is important for me to have um, such conversations around who we are, where we're going um, as a young black woman in the country. And the, the primary reason for me is I'm that girl. That's me. When I was six or seven and I'm standing in front of you guys now today and nothing has changed. And this is why um, we really want to push this content because it is still not yet Uhuru for the black woman in South Africa. We don't feel safe in this democracy, if it is a democracy. And um, if I'm not careful and I don't take a stance about being a bold, unapologetic feminist, this will be my daughter. 
Uh, I was attending this picture. I was attending um, an exhibition that showed what women were wearing when they got raped. This is a two-year-old, right? So, and that is a jali, like a grandmother's um, blanket. So this is my grandmother. This is me. This is my daughter. Nothing has changed. Are we accepting this as a status quo for um, young black uh, women um, in South Africa? And this is also me. I, I've been all black with the Duke, and, you know, I've been for this movement, you know. So this, we were protesting uh, outside um, Alexander Township, outside the police station. And the interesting thing for me is uh, it's all men and just this little girl here who's saying stop abuse, abuse is ugly. And um, we, but the difference what we're doing now with Not Yet Uhuru, uh, we're taking all these messages that have been said over and over again and really um, transforming them into a space that we uh, live in now, which is uh, really a digital space. This is why Not Yet Uhuru exists. Um, so we have described ourselves as um, South Africa's first unapologetic radio content hub. Uh, it will be a mix of radio, um, talk radio and music. Um, the reason why we have chosen um, this content or this concept is to, we want to change the consciousness and we want our presence to be heard, our voice to be heard. We want a platform that is for us and by us. And I think if we're not, ca uh, not if we're not careful, um, young black women, urban women, all these traits, I promise you are the new um, voice of liberation in this country. And we want to give them the platform to, to change the world in which they live in. And so to shift so societal norms in favor of gender equality. And um, the most interesting thing about us is it's intergenerational. You heard there was a mama and there was my lady and they're talking about sex. And why that's important for us, we say um, uh, the elders, uh, the youth may get there faster but the elders know the road. So we've got the energy as young people, as young girls, we've got the energy, we want to move, but it's very important for us not to leave uh, our elders behind because they've walked this. They were the ones on the street before we were born. So, um, and also it's, to some, it's just a balance and a nice mature voice conversation that because we may be a little bit radical and that's fine, but someone to hone us in when we need to be honed in. Um, our target audience is black women between uh, the ages of 18 and 35 and the platform really that we're going to use is mainly podcasts but we want to make it multimedia. So the aim of Not Yet Uhuru is to really um, create a new, the first digital activism ecosystem, right? So the aim of this ecosystem is to build a digital social movement uh, for feminists we are a home for feminists where they can feel safe to say the things that they would usually be um, uh, whipped for uh, uh, and stuff. Uh, so how we're going to do this uh, through our podcasts, our writing, blog, photography. We want to st um, start our own 
Feminist Bang Bang Club, take photographs of women across the country from urban, rural, peri-urban areas and tell their stories. We're going to amplify the feminist and the black woman's voice in uh, the country. And obviously the vlog. The purpose of the vlog really, or the podcast is going to talk mainly on structural issues. So structural uh, barriers and what patriarchy is doing on a structural level. The vlogs are going to take those structural or those big subjects that we're discussing on our podcast and we'll get, we'll get to see how those affect three young girls in different settings. So we have uh, our Naledi, our, one of our activists, has just moved to Dawung in Northwest. It's a very rural um, uh, area. So Naledi will move to, we'll show Naledi moving to Dawung. We have an Ode to My Hood, which is mainly going to be set up in Mamilodi, but it's going to tell the stories of um, also our RISE member girls, who I'll get to later. But we also have um, a girl in Mackenzie. She's a management consultant. She's in Santon, but her voice needs to be heard because patriarchy in those spaces affect her differently. So we want to hear her speak about equal pay and how she's not getting the Bentley that she deserves. We want the girl in uh, Dawung to tell us how there's no clinics around the area and that's why she can't get contraceptives. She can't get contraceptives, she gets pregnant, but she gets vilified for being a teenage mother. What is she supposed to do? Who is supposed to fix that? Those are the questions and those are the kind of conversations that um, we want to have on Not Yet Uhuru. Um, this is, uh, in South Africa, um, the podcast landscape obviously is very, still very young. These are some of the statistics in the U.S. and how the U.S. has um, used podcasting. And um, you can see that there's potential for a great revenue um, in, in the space. So it's 90 million in 2014 and it went, um, they... Um, projected to be 395 million US dollars by 2020. In South Africa, um, our only um, reference right now is Cliff Central. They started in 2014, and they have um, recently reported that 10 million podcasts have been downloaded. So people are listening to podcasts. So this is a space that we really want to start in. And um, also the fact that we're not on... Um, other mainstream or commercial radio stations m means that um, we can do what we want and say what we want without someone coming to tell us, the BCC, what, what, coming to tell us that saying vagina on air is not kosher. We want to talk about those things. Um, and we do want to, as, uh, as, um, the uh, the example was the UJFM example syndicate to mainstream um, radio. The example that has been done really well in print is Mail and Garden and the Daily Fox. So we want the mainstream radio station to be um, uh, Mail and Garden, and we want to be the Daily Fox. So the voice of the young person, the voice of the young black woman, and what is the young black woman feeling about what's happening in the country, and um, we and the ways in which we think we can do that is presenting ourselves as a young woman's desk. And we don't only want to be heard on Women's Month or Youth Month. 
we want to be on a topic and we've got we've got a lot to say and a lot of feelings about what's happening um uh, in the country so we um or we could also use our digital platform our vlogs and our blogs to on their website so they can actually see um the lives that we live uh, and who we are as um young black women so um we want to collab how we envision uh, collaborating with community radio stations is that wh or why we see it as important is that a lot of the times conversations like these are only um, uh, o o only take place in urban spaces. The girls that need to hear this content the most are in rural or township areas. And that's why we feel it's extremely important for us um, to, um, to include them because um, we know that as we rise, we must always send the lift back down. The revolution we're saying as not yet Uhuru is leaving no one behind. And um, it's, we're going to, we have a grassroots social movement of young women and girls. There are about 30, um, thousand active members and um, we want to uh, use the community radio stations in the areas that they live in to give them a platform, give them a voice. There's a lot of wonderful work that they're doing um, and train them be, to be advocates of uh, social change. Um, and lastly, where we take our inspiration are these girls. These are girl freedom fighters. In, uh, on June 16, um, 1976, and we don't know any of their names. Who are they? Um, and that makes me really, really sad that um, we only know Hector Peterson's sister, who was uh, running next to Hector Peterson uh, when he was shot, but we don't know her name. She's still alive, but we still don't know who she is. She was also there fighting for the same causes and um, we want to build on the spirit of, um, of these girls. And yesterday I met a professor who, um, from uh, the US who was talking about a story about, he's here to write a book about a freedom fighter, um, uh, someone I didn't know. So I'm happy that more stories of that are coming out, but he's a male. And this, um, this prisoner was talking about how they got arrested uh, after June 16, and they were each put into individual cells, right? And they were very scared, not knowing what would happen, but there was this one girl singing. She kept singing and singing and singing and singing and singing. And to this day, nobody knows who she was or who she is. Um, they suspect that she was killed, but for that... Um, for that young man in the cell, he says even throughout his political career, every time things were tough, he would remember that voice, that young woman singing and singing. So we're saying that we need to be remembered and acknowledged as uh, people who contribute to this country and the political and economic freedom of this country. And uh, our voices, our our power as young women or as freedom fighters doesn't need to be the same. So she sang, she used that voice, she used that talent to keep the people moving. So um, with that, I say not yet to Huru, we're coming for everything, all of it, we're coming.
Any questions? Sorry. Hi, thank you very much for that presentation. I just wanted to find out, Soul City, um, also being an, an organization that works in, obviously in the public health space, maybe, uh, you guys can talk us through entering the radio market and sort of what are the guiding principles that help you. Also because I worry about um, the issue around numbers and M&E and what donors want and the answers and the big fat numbers that everybody's out for. And if those big fat numbers don't work um, and the pulling out of a project, are you are you strongly with the mandate that even when you send it out to traditional media, um, you're going to let the thing do its work and give it the support? Or is there going to be a fixation around getting a drive time slot, staying with that, um, and, and coming back and doing M&E and the numbers being the most important thing? Because, I mean, we've been involved in some projects and in also in the public health work um, that I do. I just worry that, like, we don't speak the same language. There's a fixation around numbers and, um, and audiences and trying to get to them as soon as possible when, in actual fact, we need to make, like, 10, 15 years invest, like, investment. Like, I used to watch you when I was still, like, in primary school on Take 5, for example, and the work is, like, tremendous, you know, uh, but when it comes to M&E, monitoring and evaluation and looking at project objectives and that kind of stuff, there's a fixation for numbers. We're not interested in necessarily making things live a lot longer. Yes, funds need to be accounted for in, the, in that environment, in the NGO environment, in the community radio space environment. So is there going to be like a sense of timeless support, if you want to put it, um, around this project? Or is it time sensitive? And then what happens when, when it kind of didn't reach its goals because that's my biggest concern should we take every question as it comes or a few you can oh okay all right you are right one of the reasons we moved away from public health to social justice is exactly what you are saying because even in the field of public health people think public health is medicine you know uh, even in the field of hiv we know it's no coincidence that young black women between the ages of 15 to 24 are mostly at risk, but the bulk of the money still goes into ARV treatment. And we are creating this false dichotomy between treatment and prevention, but we like treatment or funders like treatment because you can measure, you know, you can buy a million tablets and have X number of patients and show what you did. You can say stock is Joma, but you know, you can't count what change it, it has made. So that is why for us, this is a venture, and I said it right at the beginning, where we want to monetize what we are doing. Ultimately, our goal is to have a feminist radio, uh, 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 radio station, and, and we are looking at what the numbers mean. But we, 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 we don't have illusions that we are going to be getting large numbers you know, right at the, at the beginning. We want to build steady, and we want to build with partners who are... Um, working with us. I mean, we worked with Dimitri, who's in the room, um, uh, and, and there is an appetite, uh, even from, um, what are these people who are not, those ones, um, to give content that is very meaningful uh, for people. And it's because I think the consumer is also demanding just much more than an Omo ad with a woman that's uh, doing the, the washing while the man is working in the garden. You know, they want their lives to be, you know, to, 
to be as real as possible. Um, thank you for that presentation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so, just the, a question on the end goal of building, of you know, having a, a radio station. So, with the sort of moratorium out, um, and you know, Icasa not giving out any licenses, which I mean, I think is a pity because. You know, this is a community of interest, but there have been so many licenses just, you know, in the previous session they were talking about how many licenses ICASA was just dishing out. Um, and then here comes this new entrance, which is fresh, which is different, um, and then there's this moratorium. So what kind of, you know, I mean, how, how's that going to impact the end goal of having a radio station? Or are you going to sort of explore and you know, try put pressure on digital sound broadcasting or, you know, are you going to stay as a podcast? How does, you know, all of the regulations around um, getting a license going to affect the end goal for you? We are quite new entrants, yes, and that is why when exactly uh, our first lesson at the Gem Lab to realize that there's a moratorium, we went through a, a podcasting. And in fact, after podcasting, we said, well, you could do vlogs and a whole lot of things, um, you know, that could create the contact and, 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 and get it out there. For us, an FM station makes sense because then you can reach as many people as possible. There's also issues of data costs in South Africa. So you want to make sure that people can access the content as much as, 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 as possible. But we also believe that our plan needs to be short-term, medium-term, and, and long-term. We will join advocacy uh, groups and other groups that are basically pushing ICASA to... In fact, we've presented to ICASA, who also liked the idea. But I guess we will have to work and see it as a medium to long-term strategy of getting them get the license. What uh, the summit process is helping us do is while we are waiting for the green light for FM licenses to come on board, is to do two important things, which I think as a new entrant um, with this innovation we must do, is to create as much content as possible. So the creation of content is very important. So in fact, in a lot of ways, we are not under pressure to say we've got an FM radio station now, because that's a content beast, you know, you must feed it every day. So we are creating but also test the, 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 the market and see, you know, and, and, and make mistakes and, and do all the things that needs to be done. So in a lot of ways uh, for this innovation, this period is a blessing in disguise. You know, it's a cocoon in saying, well, I'm sure our first podcasts are going to be terrible, um, you know, because you need to do it and do it and do it until you, you, you know, you may have the content, but if you want people to choose you, you know, um, you need to refine what you are um, uh, uh, doing. But the syndication with community radio and FM radio um, is the way that we think we will reach uh, other uh, audiences. Okay. Three questions, but I know you well. Yeah, okay. Firstly, the question about rural women and language, because obviously urban is more English, and as you move further rural, so how are you going to address that? Second thing is, obviously, it, 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 in a way, the internet's a bit of an echo chamber because nobody knows you there because you're not on a broadcast medium. How are you going to address that in advertising? And then the third part is, are you interested in partnering with 
people like myself who do branded content or content within the concept to actually push your agenda from outside of the Soul City family. Thank you. All right. So as we create vlogs and, con and, and, and content um, and we link up with other people who can create the content for us and the podcast for us, they will speak in whatever language that they want. So uh, Naledi Goes to Dawung will be done in any language that Naledi and the Rise Young Girls in Dawung um, um, speak. So we, we are not very precious about, about um, 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 language. Partnerships. Absolutely. We've just spoken to one young woman we met here who's in Nigeria, who's actually saying they cannot say they are feminists in Nigeria, especially on air. Could she get other feminists in Nigeria to do podcasts and give them to us, you know, to, to um, uh, broadcast on our station? And, you know, right now it's like, yeah, the more the merrier. Bring it on. And, 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 and I think what I like about particularly when we started and we went to GemLab and we said, well, we've got this idea. Is when you meet people from Nigeria saying, oh, we like the idea, we're like, yeah, we were on the money, you know. Um, who knows who else is going to come to us uh, in the Middle East and say, we also want to do something with you, we, you know. So the community we want to bring of feminists is a community of practice rather than a geographic um, 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 uh, community. So partnerships, um, uh, yes. Our partnerships with mainstream media and, um, and uh, community radio will actually have a marketing purpose. But we've got 30,000 strong Rise Young Women that are funded. We've got a Rise talk show that attracts 3 million viewers on, on, on television. So the fortunate thing with us is that we are not just entrepreneurs who are trying something. You know, it will piggyback on our brand, on our name. So ideally, you want to give a show, a podcast to a radio station, to a community radio station, and to then say, for more, this is where you can... This is where you can um, uh, uh, f uh, f find us. You know, we've got other ambitions, of course, and, and another idea we tested at GemLab of being a mobile mobile virtual network operator, uh, an MVNO. You know, like a, a Trace mobile SIM card where you can get a Soul City SIM card, and when you get it, you can get like Rain right now. I don't know if people have seen Rain. You can get a, a SIM card, you know, a Soul City SIM card. You can. And then if you've got it, if you've spent 20 rands a month, you can get, you know, the radio on your mobile quite, quite free. But the 30,000 young women whom we give tablets and data, you know, is already a, an audience of 30,000 people. It's also blog creators. But also as we get into these worlds, we are then able to market um, ourselves. The internet, I think right now the way people consume media it's unlike before, you know, when, where people are, you know, getting the same thing on different places, you know. So we want to make sure that we also create. That's why we were saying there's a combination of vlogs and other things where you can post them on our website. You can talk about it on Rise Talk Show. You can, you know, get the Rise Young Women to talk about it on their Facebook and their WhatsApp pages, etc. Thank you so much, Melebo and Du. Okay. 
All right, thank you so much, Melebu and Khali, for that beautiful presentation.